morning. Uh, Father, we, um, we ask as we uh, just gather for a little bit uh, that you uh, would open our hearts um, to what you would have to teach us. Um, at the beginning of uh, a new uh, semester, uh, Father, beginning of a new year, uh, we want to be open to what you um, have to teach us and what you would have us do. Uh, so, Father, as we um, discuss and talk, uh, we're reminded of a few things, Lord. Uh, would, you, um, would you renew our hearts uh, for what um, you are about and, uh, and what your heart is for? Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, so um, this morning we just want to spend uh, just a little bit of time kind of reflecting uh, on the new year and uh, working through a few things that I think will be helpful uh, be helpful for us. And so um, as we do that, I want the, you to ask um, this question, you know, what does God have for me this year? And so often we have lots of things for ourselves, right? Anybody's calendar pretty full before we start the semester? Yes? Um, if you're not, just maybe this afternoon you'll kind of start filling, uh, filling in the gaps. Um, but, but I'm always challenged. I have, I'm a busy person. I have things uh, going on. But uh, how often am I ta- kind of taking a, a minute before I'm filling in my calendar ask, to ask the Lord, God, what do you have for me uh, this year? And so that's going to be my challenge this morning um, as we uh, talk and be, are reminded of a few things that I want us to not get ahead of God and I want us to not kind of sideline ourselves from what he's doing because we already have a bunch of stuff going on that maybe is not the things that he wants us to do. Does that make sense? Um, so, as we, um, so as we do that, I want, you, uh, I want to, um, for you to spend um, just a couple minutes in prayer, and you can do that with, uh, with somebody by yourself or somebody around you. And if uh, one of you would just pray for the, um, the, the other person and ask this question, Father, am I doing individually and collectively what uh, you have called the church to do? And so how, how I want you to kind of um, anchor this question is, think about what God has called the church to do. Am I doing, kind of participating that individually, right? And how is um, kind of the collective community doing? So take just a minute and um, pray that over yourselves that he would answer that question for you uh, in the affirmative or... Um, in some other way. So go ahead and uh, take a minute to do that. Amen. Thanks, Annie. Um, how many of you have heard of a book called The Master Plan of Evangelism? Heard of it? Okay, anybody uh, own it? Like, have it? Anybody read it? All right. We've got a few people. Well done. <laughs> um, I had the privilege of, uh, um, of walking a group um, on Wednesday nights uh, last uh, semester um, through the book, and it's a book that is near and dear to me. It's a, bu- a book that God has used uh, both in my personal life to wake me up um, to many things. And so I wanted to reflect a little bit on, um, on uh, some things that I feel like God has teached me, and I think that would be helpful for you guys uh, to be reminded of um, as, we, uh, as we start this semester. So the master plan of evangelism, most people think it is a book where it's going to show me kind of how to do evangelism, but really uh, the book is showing God's uh, plan for reaching the world uh, with his gospel and for discipling uh, his people uh, once they are in relationship with him. 
And so the, the master's plan is how are we going to basically do the work that God has called us to? What is God's plan for doing that? Down through the ages as it started with Jesus, how does generation after generation after generation uh, engage with the community that they're in? And then how do they disciple those people so that when the original evangelists are gone, that the church continues to multiply, right, and, um, and engage the world around it. And so um, if you're unfamiliar with this, if you want to uh, kind of take a picture, if you're taking notes, um, I just want to hit on a few things that I think will be helpful for us as you think about your own uh, discipleship and your own kind of equipping uh, to help others do the same. So in looking at Jesus's um, life, uh, the author, um, Robert Coleman, uh, said, hey, these are, these are the eight things that Jesus did while he was here on earth. So as he said that this is, uh, I'm here to enact God's plan for the nations, and so how, uh, how he did that should be a model for how we do this. And so what I want you to think about is that if God's plan right, is for uh, the nations to continually be evangelized and continually to be discipled, then the only way for that to happen is that we, right, you, continue to do that. And so what that means for us individually is I really need to think about, well, how well uh, can I enact that plan by myself, okay? And so as I just hit on these things real quick, I want you to think about, okay, hey, that's something that um, somebody has actually done to me, but that thing there, that has not uh, been something that that I've done, or if I'm walking with other people that I have not done to them. Does that make sense? Okay. And so we can also think about these as when we think about the Gospels that, that the disciples uh, entered into these things with him in order. So that from uh, their introduction to Christ when he called them to follow him uh, till uh, Jesus ascended and he gave them his mission, right? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you to the end of the ages. It was at this point, right, that he is telling them to reproduce. And so I want you to think about, as I'm talking just real briefly, that, that, that the disciples had to have all of these steps done to them, right, before they were ready to reproduce. So the, um, so the first thing that we have is selection. That, that uh, Jesus will say um, that obviously people matter, right? So, so often we think about like our Christian lives as programs we enter into or gatherings that we go to. Um, but but we can't forget that God called you, right? As you were in him, he called you as an individual, right? Into relationship with himself and that he had a plan for doing that. His, the summation of this in Matthew chapter 4 says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That he has selected people, and particularly in the Gospels, he selects his 12 apostles, right, to follow him. And as they follow him, he's going to make them into fishers of men. And so how many of you feel like you have been uh, have kind of taken up this call to be selected. Think about all of the people that sit in churches, 
on any given Sunday across this country and across this world, how many of them do you think see themselves as selected by God to follow Him, right, and to be made into fishers of men? I think that's a really hard question, isn't it? Because so many feel like, well, I've, I've done, I'm here, I'm doing what I should be doing, and, and maybe at some point I'll get around to the other thing. That maybe if I love Jesus enough that he'll call me to kind of a deeper level of discipleship. And I'm here to tell you that there isn't another level. He's calling all of us <laughs> to follow him and to be made into fishers of men. But for us, do we see ourselves as selected? Or do we see ourselves kind of on the sideline? Right? As he called Matthew, right, and Luke, and John, and Andrew, and Peter, right? They had to heed that call and they had to follow. Do we see ourselves as followers of Christ? Do we see ourselves as ones being selected? And conversely, if you have people in your life, right, that you're walking with, have you told them right, to follow me as I follow Christ? Have you actually selected them to bring into your life? Everybody with me so far? So as Jesus did this, right, as he selected people, as people saw themselves as followers of his, it's at this point, right, that he goes and starts associating with them. That he simply is just with them all the time. And I think it's on these first two principles, right, that we struggle with the most as a church. And so I want you to take a minute and say, why, uh, why do we struggle with that, do you think? And if you had people choosing, like seeing themselves as selected of Christ, and that we would associate with them at the level that Jesus did with the disciples, what difference would that make in our discipleship to Christ? Okay, so talk about that amongst yourselves. So why is that... Why has the church missed on that, do you think? And what difference would it make if people saw themselves as selected and that we associated with them appropriately? Discuss. Like what you think? So what you think? Well, I think that um, the modern day church struggles with uh, selection and association partly because um, there's sort of a fear of branching out mm. from the church and yeah, yeah. being involved with the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like even though we're supposed to be like in the world but not of the world, sometimes it's feel like Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah, I agree with you. Because I think, I think we just aren't, for lots of different reasons, I think we're just not, like the expectation has just not been that to be that involved. Like we want to be kind of involved, you know? <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm willing to take a class and I'm willing to meet with somebody once a week for an hour, but I don't know about choosing them and I don't know about just being with them. That's good. <clears throat> All right. 
All right, so why does it matter that we see ourselves as selected or that we select other people uh, to follow us as we follow Christ? Okay. Yeah. Has anyone uh, feel like they've been selected to say, hey, I'm going to be intentional with you and I want you to follow me as I follow Christ? Yeah, what, what did that mean to you, Kitty? Yeah. How about that? That there was a reason? <laughs> and somebody wanted me uh, to do what God called me to do? What other thoughts do we have about this idea of selection? Because it, it kind of goes in the face of something versus like, well, I've got to kind of put my, uh, of making a decision. Hey, I'm going to work with you. Right? Jesus is like, hey, I'm picking you. There's I've been interacting with lots of people, but I'm going to spend time and pour into you. That feels a lot, like a lot, doesn't it? What do we struggle with that, you think, both in selecting people and maybe even in wanting to be selected? What do you think is harder? Yeah. Yep. I think that's great. Somebody else. What's the struggle here? Why do we make this so hard? I think sometimes the thought of this like sitting with people in their mess and So here's my encouragement to you. Um, you yourself, if you seek to follow Christ, you need to be um, selected at some level by someone, right? To walk uh, with them. So it's like, hey, um, say, so, hey, Drew, I need, um, God has a plan for you. It is to be able to uh, show others how to walk with Christ. Uh, will you uh, follow me as I show you how to do that? Right, that each one of us needs someone's, because if it's not someone, it's no one, right? <laughs> like all of us have had no one. Some of us have had someone. We need to understand that each of us needs someone and some people to do that intentionally in our lives. If, if we don't have that, we won't know. Has anyone uh, been able uh, in any area of their life to be able to um, reproduce something that they didn't know without someone intentionally showing them how to do it. 
All right, I often want to remind you of that so that you don't think that the Christian life is different than that. <laughs> right? That it's not going to happen. People are not going to be reproduced unless right, we do that. So conversely, the people in your life are not going to be discipled unless right, you learn how to do that right, and start doing it. So often in the church, we're like, man, that person has such great business. I, wonder, I wish someone would select them and associate with them so they could be uh, so they know how to follow Christ, right? We all look around, it's like, man, I know this one person, but, you know, we all want that person to do all 30 or 35 people that we know. <laughs> when what, what we really need to understand is God has actually called each one of us not to do it before we're ready, but to intentionally understand the process, and then when we're ready, to engage with someone else in that process. That is the plan, and so it was so eye-opening to me as I was sitting waiting right on God to do stuff as I was reading over some of these principles years and years ago. He's like, oh, oh, you want me to do something? Got it. And so for you, I think that's really important as we think about this new year, right? What does God have for me? Wherever I am with the Lord, if I, am, if I don't know Him, if I kind of know Him, <laughs> Where am I on this journey, and how am I going to get to where he wants me to be? And so that is the place where I want us to start uh, this semester, is asking good questions about how I can be engaged in the things that God wants for me. So as we look at each of these, um, each of these other ones, they really follow uh, from the first two, but the first two are the misses. As I think about selecting people, right, most of the time why I'm not selecting people is because I understand what comes next. Right, that I have to be with them. And I'm busy. And they're busy. So how in the world am I supposed to be with them? Like to the level that you really need to be. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, hanging out with uh, Alex McKay for probably a full 24 hours, right? Like just me and him. Hanging out. <laughs> and I don't know how it was for Alex, but it was enjoyable for me. <laughs> and it was, it was this really cool uh, picture for me as I've been really soaking in this and thinking about how I can be better at this and how people have done this for me, about really what it feels like to just to be with somebody and the things that you talk about and the things that you... Um, discuss and the things that you work through and the things that you challenge each other with. Right? That I can't tell you how much ground that we covered, but none of it could be covered until we were with each other. And that is going to be your challenge in today's culture. For you to be associated with somebody that's trying to pour into you or for you to associate with the people that really need you, that really need God right in their life. Because until they see a Christian following the Lord, they have no idea what it looks like. And so those two things are what um, I really want to help um, us uh, get better at this semester. I want to get better at it, and I want you to get better at it. But what follows from that, right, is this idea that as I am selected and associated with, that as I grow in that, there is this part in which God is going to say, and he does this with the disciples, Right, that I need you to set you apart because the point of me selecting you and the point of me associating with you is for you to learn to be obedient to me. 
that there is no other point to follow me. You follow me because you see me as a saving king, that you see me as good, that you see me as loving of your soul. And that in that, right, that I'm going to show you how to live this life that I have called you uh, to. And so that is what we have to expect, that as we follow him, right, that that is what he calls us to. He also then gives himself to us. So as he sets himself apart, then he imparts himself. Everything I am, everything that Jesus was, he said, here is who I am and this is how I do it. They sat around and watched him do ministry, teach, heal, be compassionate, right? Travel, do all the things that we see God's very heart doing, that they got to see him do that, right? That he gave themselves gave himself to them. And so these first four are kind of a, kind of a ramp up to the last four. That until, until I see someone evangelize or disciple, right? See, I, until I see somebody read their Bible, until I see someone teach, until I see someone um, rebuke well <laughs> or encourage well, like I don't know how to do it. So I need to see people I need to demonstrate for the people in my life how to do this. If I know how to read the Bible, then I need to read the Bible with them and show them how to do that. And then so that they can do it on their own, then I've got to delegate to them work to be done. And as I do that, I need to watch them. I'm not absent from them learning how to do it. And all of these things equal right them being able to do the thing. Anything that we do in life, any skill that we have follows this model. Do you see that? And so here's the challenge that I would like you to talk about one more time before we finish up with a couple things. Is in your life, what are some additional ways that you think that we miss? Many of you may say, oh man, somebody has demonstrated really well in my life, but they weren't there to supervise me while I did it. Right? Or I've done these things, but you know what? Why am I not ready to reproduce? Oh, I see that these things have not been done in my life. And so I want to challenge you. Talk real quick and uh, about things that you have seen to be misses in kind of the, uh, of us, the church, enacting the plan, right, of getting people ready to do, fully ready to show other people how to minister. Okay, so talk about that real quick. Yes. It can be, yeah. So, like, that would be a great way of thinking, like, hey, here are the things that I've had done, and then here's the things that I haven't. So those are the things that I need so that I can help others. Yeah. All right, Becca, what you think? So, one of the other steps of one or two. Yeah. Like okay. when I yeah. um, evangelized and chat with the Lord, I set out, you know, the gospel. I tried to make like, you know, spend time but I don't really do accountability. Right. Yeah. Because there's that that piece that says, "Hey, Becca, like, great job. You know, like, I need to know if I did it right." Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yes, I agree. That's, that's, I think, one of the harder ones because we're not with people in those situations enough to like, okay, so you can do it now. And then, because we need that. Like, I need that reassurance that 
like I'm doing it right. Yeah. And then that's it. Anything? Any other one? Yeah, so that is that'd be the part where he, like, I want you to do what I'm doing. Like, he makes it very clear, right? That here's like I'm I'm giving my life to you, and I want you to em, em, emulate it. And also, it can be like yeah, the part where, like, we understand kind of how to follow the Holy Spirit. Like that, that's a part that we've got to integrate into our lives. Absolutely, yes. Like, almost doing it backwards. <laughs> but like, I've done some of that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for real. No, that's, that's, a, that's a big, like, I've, I felt that too. What the church does a lot of times is we, we want to give people, like, if they show any interest whatsoever, we just kick them into the deep end immediately. Yeah. And they're not, they haven't done all the other stuff. And so. Yeah, yeah I find myself doing that. Yeah. All right. All right. So somebody that um, that hadn't shared before. <laughs> I'll make eye contact with you, and you just shake me off. No, I'm not going to share. <laughs> All right. So um, so I uh, heard uh, some good discussion here. So what are the some misses here for you personally, or that you've witnessed? Okay. I feel like sometimes like concentration, like setting apart for obedience, like if you sometimes like if you meet someone and like, I'm sure we're all guilty, like, oh like today I know you're Christian. Yeah. Or like I think if I have one person in my life where I can like say that every time I say they're so apart, like, oh, not, like Yeah. So so until we do that part right, the a lot of believers are gonna have this idea that I can be a Christian and not be obedient. Right. Until someone says that to me or shows that like, hey, you know that he he died to give us new life, that we obey him. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Good thought. All right. Somebody else. Uh, I, I found myself doing these out of order. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, be more specific. So what, like what has that looked like? Let's say I, before I um, before I showed them how to do it, I'll give them word. Okay. <laughs> or I'll watch them do something else. I don't know. Well, we love to do that, right? We yeah. say, hey, just go and tell all your friends about Jesus. That's awesome. About, will you go with me? And I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, no, no. Just go. Like, just build the deck. Just build the deck. Well, I don't know how to. Just build the deck. How dare you not build the deck? I was like, I don't know how to build the deck. Right? We, this is what we do, right? When... We, and we, we wonder why the struggle, if somebody shows me how to build a deck, like when somebody shows me something, I can do it and I'll go do it, but just show me. Yeah. What else?
Absolutely. How much easier is it? Uh, anybody uh, learned how to cook at some point? Okay. Um, anybody before you learned how to cook, just like, oh, it's easy. Just follow the recipe. Right. How did that go for most of you? <laughs> so besides some of us, that it just comes naturally too. So... So when we, think about, when we think about this idea of demonstration, I want you to think about this, this idea of cooking with somebody, okay? That there's this, there's this different level, right, engagement when uh, you're with a friend or with uh, your significant other, with a mom, a dad, you know, grand, a grandparent, where they say, hey, let me show you how to make these biscuits, Right, that they show you how to knead the dough and like, oh, that's right, you know, and they do it with you. So there's this level of comfort that this person cares about what I'm doing, right, and are giving me space to do it with me. And then what does it feel like, right, when you're, when after that person cooks with you, what kind of confidence do you have to make the biscuits again? Right? And you're like, oh, that tastes the same <laughs> as it did when I made them with my grandma. And so we cannot, we cannot impart, right, Christ's manner of living, right, in his, um, in the way he loves people unless we cook with them to show them how to do that. And so what will that take? That you will not learn how to love people, you will not learn how to read your Bible, you will not learn how to evangelize, you will not learn how to disciple, you will not learn how to uh, rebuke and love until right someone does that with you or you knowing how to do it do it with someone else it takes that level of care one more one more comment about misses that we see okay Absolutely. And then what does that do when someone kind of lovingly lets you kind of do it on your own? Like is there's the point of cooking with you and then grandma the next time, like, all right, honey, you're going to do it. Right. As she sits there and she fights getting her hands dirty and she fights, you know, correcting you. Right. What how does that empower you to be able to do the thing when they love you enough to let you do it while they're there? Isn't that a good feeling? They believe in me. <laughs> they care enough that I can, they can be present while I show them that I can do the thing that they showed me how to do. As, as we look at each of these things, I, I want us to want these things in our lives and I want us to want them better. But the, the miss here is that we think that this is somehow just going to happen haphazardly. Right? That you are not going to know how to evangelize or disciple or to encourage or to do all the things that, um, that God has called us to without, right, learning how to do them. <laughs> and, uh, and so 
uh, as I think about that in your lives, a lot of the ways in which we engage with one another are going to have to change, frankly. And I don't know what a lot of that looks like, but I want us to be prayerful that we will, that um, we want to begin to explore what that looks like and begin to try to get closer to what he wants than what is convenient for us. Amen. And so um, to that end, uh, I want to uh, just kind of um, follow up with just kind of a couple um, opportunities. Um, So going into um, this semester, we'll have uh, the space here on Sundays uh, where we will talk and discuss and, um, and work on things that we need to work on. And so this space uh, will remain. And on Thursdays, we'll have a gathering time where we want to encourage, um, encourage one another during the week. We want to sing the word. Uh, we want to hear the word spoken. Uh, we want to pray for one another. We want to get uh, together uh, in groups and get to know one another. But outside of that, I really want to use this semester uh, for us to figure out uh, really how to, uh, how to enact these eight principles better than we are now. Because in each of your lives, each of you have been uniquely placed amongst a people. That you're around, uh, that you're in a choral group, or you're in dance marathon, or you're in a sorority, right? Or you're in a place of business, right? Or you're in a classroom, or you're amongst a family, that, that there are people in those places that need either for you to share the hope that you have, or that they are Christians with no community that need to be brought into community and discipled. And so what I think, um, what I know God is calling us to, right, is to equip you where you are, right, to engage the people as they need to be engaged. And so if you will prayerfully um, kind of enter into uh, asking God, Father, what is this going to look like within our community so that we can do this better? Because it's not about being busier. That's not what it's about. It's not about doing more things, right? It is about being unified in the things that God has called us to and for us to be equipped to take the gospel and to disciple where we are. We don't want to pull you out of the world. Right? We want to equip you where you are. And that is the plan. <laughs> like that is God's plan for the world. And so I really want us to get better right, and figure out, well, so what does that look like for us as a community? How can we encourage one another? How can we help one another? And how can we equip one another to do that? Does that sound good? So, um, so, uh, so as we move forward outside of... Um, you know, Sundays and Thursdays, um, what it's going to, uh, so some of that is going to take us um, kind of selecting one another, right, and being committed to learning, right, how to uh, evangelize where we are, right, and how to have, do relational evangelism, for us to be comfortable with that, for that to be normal, right, for us as we have people in our lives, for us to know, so, okay, so here's a new believer, so what do I, how do I help them? Let's show you. And so that's something that we're going to have to kind of come together and learn, right, so that as we're out there living the lives uh, and, and are in the places that God has for us, that we can do the work that he's called us to.